Emotet, one of the biggest and most disruptive malware botnets, was taken down earlier this year in a big operation by global law enforcement and cybersecurity companies. But while this is evidently a good thing when it comes to defeating cybercrime, it isn't something that can just stop hacking and cybercrime outright. So what happens when these major cybercriminal networks are taken down? I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Update. And with me to discuss this is Rick Holland, CISO at Digital Shadows. Hi, Rick. Thanks for joining me. So first of all, what was Emotet and how did it get taken down? Yeah, Emotet, Emotet was a very versatile piece of malware. Um, it was almost like a to use a basketball analogy, like a point guard, you know, it was the getting get access to a host and then deliver different types of payloads to it. Could be a banking trojan as a follow up, could be a piece of uh, ransomware um, uh, from a ransomware operator that come there. So it, it found a very nice niche in the space to be the beachhead, if you will, and it was a multi-purpose tool. Uh, like a Swiss army knife. So then they could go out and, and market that to a bunch of criminals that they work with to do whatever they wanted to do um, on to that endpoint. It's, it's certainly one of the most disruptive forms of malware. We've seen it used in so many types of attacks. You know, ransomware is something it was often used to deliver. But you know, this takedown uh, of Emotet, uh, uh, what happened with that earlier this year? Because suddenly it is seemingly now not a thing. Yeah, it's... Is, is we can talk about TrickBot in a little bit, I think, as well as, as another example of that. But it was Operation Ladybird in January. But essentially what law enforcement was able to do, uh, along with some um, partners as well, uh, most of these law enforcement act, act activities are you know global, um, working with other countries, also kind of illustrates the global nature of cybercrime, right? There's no boundaries um, or geographies there. But basically what uh, law enforcement was able to do was to take over the ability of the malware to phone home. Um, that's what I would call it, right? So they took over the command and control, the C2, if you want to get into um, technical terms, um, that the malware once installed onto a machine was going back and talking to. So now that malware is talking to law enforcement controlled servers. In fact, in April 21st, I may be off by a few days, but that, that time in April, um, they're going to go ahead and issue a command to the malware to uninstall itself. Um, but in the meantime, the, the nice thing when you when you take over the command and control, you would call it sinkholing. Um, when you sinkhole uh, that, you can see everybody that's talking to it, all the other hosts out there. You can understand how comprehensive the network um, that that is is connected, all of the hosts, all the bots. Um, you can also see um, in clear text usernames and passwords that might be that might be uh, 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 captured there. That way you could actually do victim notification or potentially do victim notification. So it's actually a nice thing to be able to run it for two or three months-ish, um, get that information, help victims, and then take it down um, and then move on to the next action. So what does this all mean for the two uh, sets of people really? Uh, the operators behind Emotet, so what happens to them now? And what happens to people and organizations that might have been victim to Emotet, especially those who, who might not know it? So you, you mentioned there this update coming out in April to uninstall uh, the, the malware from uh, infected machines. Yeah, I think when you first think about the cyber criminal angle, and then we can talk about the victim angle. So let's talk about the bad guys first. I'm a big geek for Jurassic Park. 
And so there's this, you know, famous line uh, the Goldblum says, like, uh, life finds a way. When I think about cyber criminal uh, takedowns, Emotet and others, there's a long history of this as well, right? Cybercrime finds a way. So, you know, one set of operators uh, gets arrested, um, go to jail, jokingly perhaps become a cybersecurity researcher 10 years later, um, as we have seen with uh, some cyber criminals in the past. But, you know, someone will fill their, their, their spot, right? It's just like water flowing and, and it's going to find a way. I definitely think we need to continue the law enforcement takedowns. It, you know, it does have an impact, but it is a whack-a-mole. Someone will will fill that gap. And TrickBot actually uh, has kind of come up um, in the first quarter of this year to date uh, as a result of it. So, you know, definitely some impact on the uh, the operators themselves if they go to uh, to jail and things like that. But as far as the macro view versus the micro, uh, you know, it's going to continue. Um, to switch to the victim side is probably two types of victims that you would have um, in this, right? You have your corporate victims, um, and that could be someone was trying to distribute, you know, Ryuk uh, uh, ransomware through through Emotet. You know, hopefully in the corporate environment, people are using, you know, threat intelligence services. Um, they're monitoring their outbound uh, command and control, and then they could see who they're talking to and, and hopefully stop that. Of course, we know we know that there's no silver bullet and that doesn't that doesn't always work. So getting the notifications there from law enforcement. Um, also, what you have found historically, uh, Dutch National Police have done this in the past where they set up a website where you can, as a victim, check your emails. Um, it's actually a bit like uh, Troy Hunt's Have I Been Pwned, right? You can put your username and password in and, and then find out, you know, if you're a victim there. Um, I think the sad thing on the consumer, right, like my parents, your parents, you know, grandparents and things like that, they would never know um, that this is the case. Um, here, what's happening on the back end is that, you know, hopefully in these engagements, law enforcement is talking to the financial institutions, you know, whichever the, the financial institution is and, and letting them know here's the victims that we see, and then they can go out and do password changes and things like that. Uh, but I really do feel for the you know, non-tech savvy victims that don't even know that they've been victimized until they maybe get a, a fraud alert um, or their credit score goes down for some reason. And as you've alluded to, just because one uh, significant malware botnet has been disrupted, it, it's not the end of this. So you mentioned TrickPot there, which has you know, seemingly taken uh, the place of Emotet during the first quarter of this year. TrickBot itself has supposedly was hit by a takedown late last year. And yet here it is, uh, you know, taking uh, what used to be Emotet's patch, as it were. You know, it's, it's arguably now more prevalent and powerful than ever before. Uh, what's happened here? Yeah, it is very interesting on the TrickBot, because TrickBot was also delivered by Emotet, you know, historically in the past, as you, as you allude to. So that's kind of interesting. That's quite ironic. And, and in October of this year, you know, we had two major actions against, uh, or October of last year, Time flies. I don't even know. I don't even know what year it is. Sometimes 2020 is blurred into 2021. Um, hashtag pandemic, right? Uh, but in October, you had um, U.S. Cyber Command take an action against uh, TrickBot to disrupt it ahead of uh, ahead of the U.S. election, so that TrickBot couldn't be used um, there. Um, you also had Microsoft take an action against TrickBot. So both of these happened within days of each other in mid to late uh, October. And here we are, you know, three months, four months later, well, I guess it's a little bit longer than that, but in a very short uh, amount of time, 
you know, TrickPot has has started to rise. You know, we're seeing, you know, it, it, Digital Shadows, we're seeing more evidence of it with, with what we do. But then you're also seeing other uh, security uh, firms that are writing reports. I saw Checkpoint saw on their in their ranking that TrickPot was coming up. So, you know, when someone loses, uh, someone else gains. And in this case, to date, TrickPot has been one of the uh, one of the beneficiaries of uh, Emotet's demise. And that's something that's been happening in the cyber criminal landscape for years, decades even, when there's been uh, takedowns of marketplaces and malware botnets and, and cyber criminal environments. Major uh, marketplaces have been taken down, but it seems there's always uh, something that comes up to fill its place, either something that was a, a smaller player at the time, I mean, and has become the big player, or often something entirely new comes along and uh, fills that space because it they're constantly evolving in how they go about things because i suppose if you no know, there's plenty of cyber cyber criminals out there who want to continue making money and yes they, they will find a way to do that uh, if they can yeah it is all about the money i like to go back to 2013 and talk about the silk road i joke around silk road because the uh the founder of that russ ulbrich uh, actually went to my university university of texas at dallas he's our most infamous graduate from our university uh, but he formed the Silk Road, which I believe is going to turn into a film, uh, if if memory serves me correct. But Silk Road was kind of the first, you know, English language uh, eBay of cybercrime. Had a hundred thousand users. Uh, I just saw something because um, I kind of track it because of the the connection uh, uh, to to my university as well. But I think it, the the FBI last year seized a billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency associated with it. Um, there's some fascinating documentaries on how he got taken down in a library in San Francisco and the way they distracted him so that his laptop was still up so that he could get, so that law enforcement, I think, I think it was secret service and FBI could get the credentials to the marketplace, which is actually interesting because that ties into something similar on the successor of the Silk Road, which was Alphabet. And Alphabet was a quite interesting one because I started I was relatively new at Digital Shadows when Alphabet was coming on, so I was tracking, uh, tracking that. But Alphabet was ten times larger uh, um, in transactions than the Silk Road was. Alphabet also uh, was very, uh, you know, this is all about money, right? You, you mentioned it. Um, uh, it's all about the Benjamins, right? And one of the things that that Alphabet was trying to do to differentiate themselves was add a bunch of services. So they rolled out escrow. To, to their platform so that instead of me giving, you know, Danny money directly, I would give it to the intermediary. And then once I got my goods from Danny, then it was cleared. And so it, it, it kind of reduced some of the uh, no honor among thieves that go on. They were the very first market that added Monero as an alternative to Bitcoin, which was quite interesting. Um, they also had good tech support and they also had multi-factor authentication. Um, so, so they were quite, um, quite, uh, quite innovative in, in the, in the scene, but one of their founders, his name is escaping me now. He unfortunately committed suicide in, in jail in, in Thailand, but when they arrested him, they also wanted to get him when he was on his laptop before he could close it and have it locked so that he had access to, to uh, Alphabet. But what was very fascinating here is back in 2017, in June um, of 2017, law enforcement was going after Alphabet and Hansa. Um, and the Dutch National Police, U.S. operations, and they had Operation Banet. Um, now, this is very fascinating. Uh, Wired Magazine did an article several years on uh, with the Dutch National Police on it, 
Um, but what they did is they owned Hanza, law enforcement had Hanza, coordinated the takedown of Alpha Bay um, in, in, in early July. So Alpha Bay has the seizure site. Well, the, 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 the buyers and sellers needed to go someplace. So they all flocked to Hanza, not knowing that the police already owned Hanza. So they got two to three weeks probably of all of the, you know, the buyers, the sellers, the currency, what they were doing, um, and probably was, you know, a very successful intelligence coup from them to then prevent future cyber crime. So it is interesting. It's the whack-a-mole, it's Silk Road, and then Alpha Bay comes up. And then earlier this year, Genesis Market, which was a very large one, was taken down as well. So, you know, cyber crime finds a way again. It's interesting how you mentioned the Dutch National Police are often involved in these sorts of schemes and, and takedowns because it, usually when there's a big takedown in Europe, they, they are involved. And I remember seeing recently how they actually posted on one of these for, uh, marketplaces recently <laughs> with a post saying, basically, we're on to you. Uh, uh, look out, which... Um, the trolling. Yeah, the, the comments in response to that were mostly not favorable from uh, what I can see. Uh, but... That's the thing. What was interesting that they'd obviously got a presence on this forum with an account that basically said the account said it was the police, and yet somehow that account was active on this forum, which uh, suggests either was either no, there, someone wasn't really paying attention to logins and things like that, or just that is there, is it a case that in some of these forums do they sometimes feel kind of invincible that oh you know they can't they can't get at us where or. Uh, mysterious and online using uh, VPNs and Tor, et cetera, when as seen from other takedowns and various arrests, that is not the case at all. Well, it, you know, it's such a great question. There's, there's a lot of different angles there. There's an OPSEC angle, um, but then there's also different tiers of criminals, um, right? There's the, 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 the site admins, um, the people that own different channels and forum administrators and things like that, you know, or top tier, but a lot of the, uh, bottom feeders, if you will, that are kind of rushing to make money, right? They don't, they're new to cyber crime. They don't have as much OPSEC or experience. So uh, they can be vulnerable just because of a lack of experience that's there. One of the things that we always find interesting is after one of these law enforcement takedowns, we can go onto Russian language forums, we can go onto English language forums and marketplaces, and you will see chatter. Oh, this, you know, is who, who on here is law enforcement, you're actually seeing people trying to call out law enforcement and security researchers uh, as well. But what, what the Dutch National Police have done there is they're, you know, they're, they're, they're making people, they're, they're trolling, right? But they're, they're causing confusion, making people suspicious. Um, and it, it does disrupt um, uh, the, the, the operations. And the problem that the criminals have is if they have this really tiny knit community tight-knit community where everyone's vetted, you know everyone that's there, right? Their ability to scale what they do can be limited, right? Whereas I want a one-to-many. I want to reach as many sellers as possible, right? It's, it's just like if you had a, um, you're selling on eBay, you don't just want to sell to five people, right? That would make things challenging. So, you know, they have this constant balance between reaching their sellers and reaching their buyers and OPSEC and, and they, they're butting up against each other. And that, that causes opportunity for them to make mistakes. And it causes opportunities for law enforcement and, and security researchers like Digital Shadows to see things. The operations security element is an interesting part there, especially now when you see so many operators on these uh, forums and marketplaces are trying to make it you know, so appealing. Uh, you know, it used to be that you, when you looked at sort of, uh, you know, underground forums it looked like geo cities or something you know lots of bright colors and comic sands 
nowadays it seems they're sort of bespoke websites with uh you know they look looking like you know software companies in a way sort of sites that are adaptive to whatever browser you're on and you know, with all these you know, customer service options and things like that um where they're they're, they're they're seemingly trying to operate like real businesses obviously for uh, criminal purposes it's a hundred percent i mean they are they are businesses right we've in, in, you know in our years we've some we've done some research in the past where we looked at job adverts and, and descriptions and if i if i just gave you that description danny and didn't tell you any context, you might think it was for a Silicon Valley based, you know, software as a service, you know, cloud native company type of thing. Uh, so, you know, they're very specialized. When you get into ransomware, you see these affiliate programs, which is just like a sales channel for these ransomware operators. So yeah, 100%, it's about the money. Um, and there is so much money to be made here, unfortunately. So with so many cyber criminals out there trying to make money uh, from uh, attacks, be it malware, ransomware, phishing, business email compromise, what should organizations and, and individuals be doing in order to keep themselves safe online from all these threats? Yeah, I think there's a, I'll start with the consumer angle because they're probably the ones that need the most, uh, the most help there. You know, one thing is setting up Google alerts for yourself you know, very easy to do. So it's, if you get mentioned someplace, perhaps you can get an alert there. Troy Hunt, who I already alluded to, have I been pwned? You know, that's something that, that's scalable uh, that, you, that you can do on your own. I think the other thing would be, you know, to start using, instead of using individual credit cards for online transactions and things along those lines for, for fighting banking Trojans and things like that, um, and, and your credentials there, uh, I guess two angles, one multi-factor authentication, and we say it all the time, but it really, really is important. Um, and I know for some less tech, tech savvy people, multi-factor authentication can be painful, but you know, it, it's becoming less painful, you know, on, on my Apple watch, uh, you know, I get a pop-up for multi-factor authentication to say, Hey, log me in and stuff like that. So there's easier ways to do that. So that's one thing for the consumer side. The other thing I would say is use like Apple pay, <clears throat> Apple pay and Google's equivalent instead of your, your payment cards, when you do transactions, that way you don't have individual credit card numbers out there. Everything's going through Apple, and that's one way to reduce a little bit of your exposure. Um, but it, it is challenging, admittedly so, for those that are not as tech savvy to try to protect themselves against that sort of stuff. Well, hopefully, the advice you've given there can help uh, people watching this stay safe online. You've given a fascinating insight to how cyber criminals act in these spaces. Uh, thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update. And for more information on how to keep yourself secure online and the latest cyber attacks you need to be aware of, uh, be sure to keep reading ZDNet. Thanks for watching.